Today, I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Brian Reeves. Brian is a former U.S. Air Force captain who, at the age of 26, left the military in a search to find himself, to find out what it meant to truly be alive. And as Brian went from country to country all over our globe, he had the opportunity to build friendships, enter into relationships that have been able to impact his life deeply. Now, one of those relationships was with a woman in France who Brian fell in love with. And in that relationship, Brian discovered something. He discovered that he did not truly know how to love a woman. He did not know how to choose her every day. Brian's going to get into that story and share how what he learned in that relationship has impacted his practice to this day. Brian is now a men's coach and a relationship coach and host of the podcast, Men This Way. His viral blog has been read by over 30 million readers worldwide. And his book, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, has been read by men and women all over this planet and has helped them truly find happiness and success in the relationship. I'm excited about this conversation with Brian today. He's going to outline for you steps that you can take to choose your partner every day, to strengthen your relationships, not only for you, but for your partner. And he wants you to truly live fully, live alive to discover what this life has in store for you because you were meant to thrive. This conversation with Brian Reeves starts right now. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Brian, welcome to the Dads Making a Difference podcast. Great to have you on today, man. Thank you, Cam. I'm glad to be here, man. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. I was sharing with you a little bit before we pressed record that I had first heard you on another podcast, on John Roman's Front Row Dads podcast. And uh, there's guys listening to this who are familiar with that podcast. Yeah. But I heard your story, and your story is fascinating, and we can get into that in a moment. Um, I heard your story, and then there was things you were sharing about being intentional, choosing your partner in your relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, that intrigued me. And I began to go down the Brian rabbit hole. Mm. And it, it's amazing what you've shared uh, when it comes to choosing your partner in a relationship. But I also came across something recently that you had written about rites of passage and being a dad and young boys. And there's like so much in your world that I'm fascinated by. So I'm excited mm -hmm. to dive into this conversation. Like I yeah. said, thanks for being here. But Brian, for the guys who maybe this is their first exposure to you and your world, which you have a podcast as well. And I'd love them to listen to it. Why don't you share a little bit about that backstory and where you're at yeah. today? Okay, great. Well, thanks, Cam. Well, uh, just you sharing the, just, just what you just, a few words you just said there, man, I, I got chills, the rite of passage of, of becoming a father. Um, I, I'll just, you know, upfront disclosure. I'm not currently a father. But my wife and I, for probably the last two years, have been in the initiatory rite of passage of attempting to become a father. And it's been a roller coaster ride. It has been, 
I mean, I even feel emotional just talking about it right now because, um, you know, one of my closest friends just had a, had a, a newborn baby and, and, um, I see you've got the father's day card, happy father's day card behind you. And, you know, and it's, it's not something that my wife and I are really ready to talk about publicly yet, but you know, I'm pushing 50, man. And there's a part of me that is dying for fatherhood. And I don't know that, that it'll, it's going to, it's doesn't look like it's going to happen in the, in the way it naturally happens for many. So, mm. you know, I'm in that rite of passage right now, man. And it's uh man, just mad respect to, to all the men who have been in that rite of passage and, and are still in the rite of passage. I mean, it's like a, Lifelong rite of passage, isn't it? I mean, how old are your kids? Absolutely. My kids are 11 and my son turns nine next wow. Friday. So nine and 11. Oh man, that's beautiful. You're right in the yeah. thick of it, man. Right so, in the thick of it. well, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing 50, I'm 49 and, uh, man, what a, what a journey it's been, you know, it's just some of the highlights. I uh, was a, a captain in the United States air force in my, in my twenties and, that was an incredibly painful experience for me actually. And in fact, it was very disconnecting. I mean, just growing up a boy in this culture, you know, and, and, and I went to a, a technical uh, uh, aviation university called Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, studied engineering, then went into the military and just, I was in a fraternity. I was president of my fraternity in, in college, but you know, but we're a bunch of dumb meatheads, you know, <laughs> boys raising boys, Yeah. you know, even fraternity hazing. What is that? But, but, but attempts to initiate each other into manhood, but it's right. adolescence initiating adolescence. It just gets you more adolescent behavior, you know? So, and anyway, so, the, you know, my, my, my teens and twenties were, were just rife with, with, with stunted initiations through the fraternity, through the military, or initiations into sort of a dark masculine place, you know, into the, the shadow masculine uh, domains. And, and I got spit out of that experience at 26 when I, when I left the military. Oh man, I was, I was dead inside. I couldn't feel anything. I mean, a lot of men I think can relate to not being able to cry but I couldn't even really laugh. Mm. I don't think a lot of us really think about that. Like I, not only could, couldn't I feel sadness, but I really couldn't feel joy either. <laughs> not real joy. And I'll tell you, man, I, I mean, I, I set myself, let's say that was 26. And for the next three, four years, I just wandered the planet. You know, I, I went to Europe. I got, I married a French woman that I met five weeks after I met her, that was a total disaster. Uh, I, I went to India and Australia and, and, um, man, I was, I was just desperate to, to wake up. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just knew that I had to somehow, I, it's like, I had to initiate myself because there were no elder men. There were no olders, older men doing it for me or helping me find my way. So, and I know that's the plight of many, many men of our generation, our, our fathers, well-intentioned though they were, had no clue what they were doing. And so, you know, that, that sets me up into my thirties. And by the way, at this time, Cam, I'm also, I'm doing relationships with women. As I said, I married that French woman disaster. Uh, I spent five years with a, 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 a South American woman living with her off and on in Miami disaster. That actually, that relationship was the basis for my book, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her. But anyway, I, you know, I can go on and on and on. I'll, I'll just pause there for now. Um, 
because that, you know, all of that really set up the foundation for, you know, the work that I do today, which, which is, you know, I do focus on, on serving men in the domain of intimate relationships. I do life coaching for men, but, yeah. but really my expertise, my focus is relationship coaching for men. And that's powerful. That's powerful stuff. Men need that right now. And I think it goes back to something that you just shared about your journey. You shared that you traveled, you traveled, you went on all these yeah. adventures and you just shared that you didn't know what you were doing. And perhaps you were searching out this rite of passage to become a man yeah. without having the mentorship in place. And I think about the men in my generation, your generation, who didn't have that that mentorship in place and how someone that does something like you do with the relationship coaching and the life coaching is so important because we have a gap right now where we have men who want to be good fathers, men who want to be good husbands, but they don't have the skills. Yeah. And do you, is there a correlation between maybe those journeys we go on and that rite of passage, that initiation that we're missing out on? that's tied into why we can't choose our partner, choose our yeah. kids, choose our relationships? That's a really rich, rich question. Um, most of us men are using what I call the wing it method of, yeah. of being, of partnering with women or, you know, men, whatever part, but intimate partnering of fathering, uh, of just living our lives. We're winging it. Right. Our dads were just winging it. You know, they didn't know any better than, than we do for the most part. Mm -hmm. I, I remember, I remember uh, speaking to a group of about a hundred men uh, early in my journey of even doing this work. And I asked them, you know, how many of you felt, you know, really received wise guidance from your fathers? hundred men in the room, one hand, only one hand kind of went up. He kind of waggled it like this. You know, and I know that there are some men listening who will feel like, no, they, 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 they were well guided by their fathers, but the overwhelming majority of us have been left alone to find our own way and to figure it out for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And look, we've learned how to build resilience. Right. We've learned how to survive. So many of us men are up to surviving our lives, surviving our relationships, survive, just surviving even fatherhood. And at what cost? I mean, it's at the cost of our joy, at the cost of our excitement, at the cost of our, of our enlivenment. I love this word enlivenment. Mm. Joseph Campbell said something that, that shifted the game for me because I, in my teens and twenties, you know, very, very heady dude. I was in the military again, just, you know, further in my head. And I used to live in the question of like, what is the meaning of life? Why am I here? Yeah. What's this all about? And Joseph Campbell said, I, I didn't come across this quote till in my thirties. And he said, you know, I don't think people are actually searching for the meaning of life so much as they're searching for the experience of being alive. Wow. Oh, light bulb Good moment. Point. Like, yes, like that's exactly right. I want to feel my life. I want to feel enlivened. And I think rites of passage, you know, me, me sending myself off on this journey. See, I knew a lot of my contemporaries at 26 were getting out of the military and then just going right into much higher paying defense contractor jobs. For me, that just felt like more death. I saw skull and crossbones when I looked down that path. Like that is just a life of, of walking dead. 
I'm the zombie. I'm not one of the survivors. I'm the zombie in that, in that, in that movie. And so I, I knew that was a big fat no for me, but I didn't know what else to do. So yeah, I just threw myself kind of off a cliff. And, and again, I didn't have kids. I don't recommend this for dads <laughs> that yeah, have yeah. kids that need them. Um, but I do think that, that, you know, when, when a man begins to realize, wow, I'm just surviving my life. I'm surviving my relationship, you know, doing the bare minimum, playing it safe, playing not to lose, not playing to win, right. but playing not to lose. Yeah. I think we, it, that's a confrontation with ourselves that, again, we can keep ignoring it, walking away from it, not stepping into it, but at what cost? Right. At what cost? Right. And then once we realize, okay, I'm no longer willing to just survive my life. Well, that begs a question. So what do we do then? Yeah. What do we do? I'll leave it there. And, yeah. and you pick it what do we do and how can I become an active participant in that? And how can I take ownership over my journey? And how do I understand who I truly am? Yeah. Um, a, a lot yeah. of the feedback that we have from, men in our community is they don't knew they do not know who they truly are and i love that you shared that quote about you know what it means to be alive and men don't know they they've maybe they've never experienced what it means to truly be alive and so for those men right now listening who are i don't know who i am i'm in this relationship i'm a dad or maybe not a dad there's guys who listen to this who aren't fathers but this is where they are and they feel a little bit stuck. And you shared that you weren't even able to laugh at one point in your yeah. life. And, and then personally, there's been times in my life where I've had the question, I, was like, I can't even have fun right now. Like I can't even, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, what encouragement would you have for the guys and what steps, maybe yeah. one or two steps you would, you would encourage them to take right now? Yeah. Well, I like this theme of, of choosing, you know, the title of my book, choose her every day or leave her. There's, there's, there's power in that there. It, right. it, it's, it's confronting. And that book came from the realization that of that five-year relationship I shared with you that I was in it for five years, but I wasn't really choosing it. Mm. I mean, you know, my mouth was sometimes saying that I was, but my actions, my energy, my body language was often communicating very clearly to this woman. I'm actually not choosing you. You know, yeah, so yeah. that discord created not just for her, but for me, a lot of pain and a lot of torment. Mm. And I think that when men start to, to awaken to our lack of enlivenment, let's say, you know, again, we're surviving our lives or surviving aspects of our life. Maybe for a lot of men, it's their job, their work. I think what's really powerful is to first take ownership of what are you choosing of you know, I'm I'm a I'm a fan. I love using the the um, uh, the Carpman drama triangle. Are you familiar with this? I, the, I have seen it, but I've seen it. So I love this triangle because it it gives us a it gives us a doorway to to freedom. Let's say, and I'll just briefly briefly display that. So the the Carpman drama triangle is it's the victim savior persecutor triangle, mm. right? The victim savior persecutor. A lot of us men, when we're surviving our lives, we are living in a victim mindset. We're living in all of our have to stories. 
I have to go to work. I have to be in this relationship. I have to be a dad, whatever. I have to, have to, have to, have to. If that's the language that you're using, mentally, you're not choosing anything. It's like life is choosing, life is imposing on you. You're, you're, you're a victim to life as persecutor, <laughs> right? And we may turn to things like porn or money or other women or whatever, so, something to save us, right? We're looking for a savior, a way out. Maybe it's an escape. We're fantasizing of an escape, whatever it is. But in the victim, persecutor, savior triangle, that those are the only roles that are available. So, you know, if, and, and when I'm, when I'm done being a victim inside of that triangle, well, and, and some men, we can do all, we can do all three in 60 seconds. You know, I can be, a, if my, if my partner is upset at me, maybe my child, whatever, if right. someone's upset at me, I can, first I'm in victim mode. Oh man, you, you don't see who I am. You don't understand my heart. You don't get my intentions. You're persecuting me. Right. And now, but now I easily slide over into the persecutor role. Screw you. You need to, you need to do this. You need to see things the way I see them. You know, how dare you now I'm persecutor. Right. So we, we, we often slide back and forth between persecutor and victim. And then we'll step into savior. A lot of men step into savior by just going quiet. Okay, I won't have any wants or needs. I'll just sacrifice everything. I mean, that's what the savior does. It becomes a martyr. Yeah. I will sacrifice everything to keep the peace, to make sure you all are happy. I'll provide, I'll do the things that I have to do. There we go, victim. <laughs> it's fascinating. I, that's why I love this triangle so because it's yeah. so illustrative of, of the condition we, we live in. So how do we step out of that? Well, um, superimposed on top of the, of the victim triangle is another triangle. Uh, I don't actually know that there's a formal name for it, but, and, and there may be different iterations of this, but the one that I like to use is, so on top of the victim, to step out of the victim is creator. I'm the creator of my experience. I'm no longer victim. I'm now the creator, right? And the creator chooses, right? Okay, what's the savior? Well, out of stepping out of savior on top of savior is supporter. Now I'm just, I'm supportive. I'm no longer charged with saving, which being the hero of the day, right? Which, which implies you have no agency. I need to save you or be saved. But now it's like, I, in, in, as a supporter, I'm no longer robbing anyone of their agency. Hmm. And the persecutor then becomes the challenger. I can still challenge what I see. I can speak into what I'm seeing that may not that you may not be seeing if you're open to receiving it. The persecutor doesn't give a damn if you're open to what I have to say or show. Mm -hmm. Right? But the challenger is respectful. The challenger is is in this in this model is very respectful. So now, you know, so so I, let's let's go to the victim creator. Part because I think this yeah. is where choice and power, we start to, we can connect with our power most quickly. I just, again, noticing where am I living in the have to stories? Yeah. You know, I have to, I have to do this. I have to do that. Or I can't, you know, like in relationship, a lot of men, we, we keep quiet because we don't think we can speak up. I can't, I can't say what I really want to say. I can't feel what I really feel. I can't want what I really want. Yeah. Right. Victim, victim. Because Why? You know, and I would invite men who can relate to that, fill in the blank. I can't speak up to my wife because blank. 
would happen. Well, what is that? Identify it. Let's an argument. It's too risky. What will she think different of me? What will it say about my character and my personality? Am I measuring up to the expectations of others? Like that all fits in there. Exactly. Exactly. And so for many men, the result is paralysis. Hmm. We just become paralyzed and it's just a, it's a downward spiral from there for us. And not only that, we're here, we are trying to you know, in that victim tri- drama triangle, we're, we're, we're trying to keep the peace, ultimately, is really at the end of it, we just want to feel good. But the opposite happens. Mm-hmm. Our partners lose trust in us. Children lose trust in us. I can't, I mean, I look at my own relationship with my, the different fathers I, I, I have, um, um, you know, a lot of my, most of my friends, you know, the, the, we don't trust our fathers because our fathers also couldn't get out of that victim triangle. They were either playing savior. You know, my dad is still playing savior. I mean, quite literally, my dad is, is, is caught on this trip to, to save the world. I can't, it's really difficult for me to be with him for any period of time because he's so caught up. He's in his, he's damn near 80 yeah. and he's in a savior role that makes it really hard for me to be around him. Right. Because he's constantly then casting me in either the victim or the persecutor role. And I don't want to play any of those roles or I've got to, or I'm tempted to step into savior role to save him from himself. And he doesn't want that. It's, it's, It's insane making. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men. To be, dad's making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind, and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. I want to go back to this, the language you just used in describing this triangle. Um, Supporter, creator, challenger the overlay of this, this triangle. Yeah. I think about supporter. I think about creator. I think about challenger. And as a man who may be in that victim triangle, who might be stuck in, you know, that first layer, those three words are a little bit intimidating because each of them takes work and they take intentionality and they mm-hmm. take a, a, a little bit of vulnerability to step out of what's the norm or what you've been comfortable with your entire life. Do you agree? A hundred percent. Yep. You were, yeah. you, were, you were sharing the example of how we could go through that, you know, save your victim persecutor role. And I think about how this happens daily sometimes to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to share a little bit of vulnerability Let's with hear you. It. Oh, I love it. Let's I, hear like, it. I, I could be in the vehicle with my wife and we'd be uh-huh. driving out to the mountains where we love to play. And we're talking uh-huh. about all these adventures we want to have. And I do something driving and, and she'll make a suggestion. Well, oh, maybe, I hate maybe, those suggestions. Maybe we take a right here, <laughs> or maybe we should do this, or 
what speed uh, are you going? Or, yeah. and I go instantly from this, like, yeah, yeah, dreaming about the day to uh-huh. in my head spiraling of, uh, why does she always do this? I don't like that. Why? I don't like it when she says that. Why did she say that? What is she getting at? And you know, you start to spiral yeah. and then you go quiet. Yeah. Yep. And, and so it happens in an instant. It's amazing. And you're challenging me right now to think in that moment, supporter, creator, challenger. Like, yeah. where do I fit into that? And I yeah. think it takes work. It really does take work. Well, look, my, my wife and I have the same dynamic. It's it's a little different. You know, my, my wife actually gets nauseous in, in the car. Okay. Um, she very, very sensitive system. And so, and, and I'm, you know, I like to drive. She thinks I drive fast. I just drive where I'm comfortable. <laughs> it just works, like it works for me. I, I yeah. feel very safe on the road. So, you know, we can get caught up in the same thing. And, and so, so notice this. So let's look at this. When we stay in the victim triangle, right? She immediately in my mind becomes the persecutor. When she says, you know, why are you driving fast? Or she makes some comment that implies I'm doing something I'm not doing. She just became the persecutor. She may say I'm driving fast. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm just driving what's comfortable. This ain't fast. Look, I'm not even the fastest person on the road. Look, this dude just passed me. You know, how fast do you think they're going? (laughs) It's this is real life shit here, Cam. Right. It's real life. I get it. So. Okay. So again, you can, there you are. And then again, the savior, just fine. I'll just shut it all down. I'll drive, you know, I've, I've, in my, in my less skillful moments, you know, I've told my wife, okay, fine. I'll just, I'll drive like I have a limp dick. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. cause it, cause, I, cause I, I feel floppy. If I'm going to drive like a, like an, like an old, like an old grandpa, yeah. that doesn't feel enlivened. And I want to feel enlivened. Yeah. Right. And driving can be enlivening if I do it in a way that is enlivening and not yeah. unsafe. Agreed. I, you know, I'm 49. I started driving six, 14, actually. I've never had an accident cam, but my wife doesn't care about that. No, nope. you know, she doesn't. And that's, you know, there's a whole other map we could explore here. We won't go down that path that the masculine and feminine, the map, I'll just, you yeah. know, but briefly the feminine doesn't give a damn about the past. It's like, yeah. what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. The masculine looks at, takes all the data and says, I haven't had an accident for 30 years. Yep. You know, we're fine. You're going to be okay. I know what I'm doing. Feminine doesn't give a damn about that. In this moment, I don't feel safe. Change. change. We need to be like, how do we? So, Can, so <sighs> I, don't, I don't want to interrupt, but yeah. what you just said also points to something that I read that you wrote about danger and how men seek out this idea of danger just mm-hmm. to know that it exists, just to mm-hmm. like almost to push us to know that that risk is there. Yeah. Where that feminine energy that, yeah, the, you know, the women in our life are like, they're aware of all the danger right away and we just need to oh, avoid yeah. it. Right? <laughs> you're, you're continually well, like combating that way. Well, there's, yeah, there's a, and we'll come back because I want to finish yeah. the story yeah. with the, in the, in the driving because it's very instructive, but to, 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 this is also at play what you're pointing at. The masculine needs to be confronted with death regularly. We need to know that death is present because it, it's what enlivens us. Holy shit. If, if death isn't on the line, I mean, what's the most exciting thing in sports? The most exciting moment in sports. Overtime. Over fucking time. Sudden death overtime. Not even regular overtime, yeah, but sudden, sudden death. death. And not even just sudden death overtime, but game seven yep. overtime. Sudden death. Like that is money, man. That is like the most. Look at I'm just talking about it, getting excited. Yeah, I don't mean, yeah. Like NHL, you know, game seven overtime. Holy moly, man. That is just off the charts. 
Why? And we even call it sudden death. Death is on the line. It is so enlivening to the masculine and, and man or woman, right? It's enlivening to the feminine. She's not interested in that. That seems silly, insane to her. Why? Like the, to the, the feminine is concerned with, with life flourishing, mm. with life flourishing. And yes, death is a part of that, but she doesn't need to be reminded of it, right? And so when you and I go driving, it's not that I'm trying to create death on the road, but I am. I want to drive right at the limit of what is comfortable for me. Like I need to push it to where like, okay, I'm, I'm towing a line here that if I go faster, yeah, I'm, I'm now I'm creating danger, but I'm good right here. I got control a little faster and I don't, I don't want to be out of control, but I need to be at that edge. Hmm. Whereas to your point, my, my wife, to total opposite. She never wants to even approach that edge. She's already feeling the, the, the rhythm of life is moving, of human life and the highways, it's moving way too fast for her. It's not natural. It's, this isn't, this isn't, this is bizarre to her constitution, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that is always at play. I mean, Cam, there's not one drive we take together where that's not at play. <laughs> so I feel you, yeah. I feel you, man. Yeah. Now, Okay. Sorry, go ahead. I, I want to. We'll finish with the, the triangle, but but what's coming up for you? I'm just thinking about the metaphor of driving and these choices and this back and forth of uh, two relationships, right? And, and to into being in that moment, and knowing that we we may view things very differently. Yeah. And we'll get back. I want to get back to the triangle. So before I ask the next question, which I want to come back to that choosing piece and that intentionality yeah. piece, because um, I'm very aware that when you you know, the inspiration for you writing your, your first blog that then went into a yeah. book was, it wasn't that you didn't love someone it's you weren't choosing yeah. them. Yeah. And there's a difference. And I want, I want to, maybe we'll finish yeah. off with that, but let's go back to the triangle sure. for now. So if, if I want to just keep playing the same scenario out over and over again, which is, you know, her saying something that annoys me. So I'm now I'm the victim, but I, I'm going to step into the persecutor you know, it's like we just slide back and forth between victim and persecutor until one of us becomes the savior and either she just shuts down and withdraws to save the, the moment, which doesn't serve anybody, or I do. Um, again, what, what's the way out of that? Well, what I, what I say, you know, f that I have agency over is, well, I can, how do I stop being a victim in this and become a creator? Okay. Mm -hmm. I want to create a new scenario that wins, that works for both of us. Right. That I'm not saving her, but I'm also not persecuting her, you know, consciously or otherwise. I mean, me driving in a way that, that doesn't feel safe for her, it doesn't matter if I feel safe. If she doesn't feel safe, well, I am by default kind of persecuting. I'm, I'm violating, I'm, I'm creating an unsafe condition for my wife. So, you know, how do I then become creator of a new reality within which we are both served? And every, every couple's got to find their own way with this. I mean, my, what works for me won't necessarily work for, for another couple. But what does work for me, for example, is I do, I, I, I want to create the conditions within which my wife feels safe. And I want to do so in a way that doesn't make me feel just floppy and lose my spine. I think this is a dilemma a lot of men face. You know, how do I show up for the relationship? How do I help her feel safe in a way that I don't lose myself? I don't sacrifice my own enlivenment. I think a lot of men do that. We sacrifice our enlivenment for 
for safety. And so, you know, often what it really looks like, Cam, is just it, it does look like me slowing down or it looks like me taking turns a lot more gently than I might otherwise. I like to you know, zip around curves. I know that that's going to cause discomfort for her and it's not going to go well for us. So I'll just, if anything, I turn it into an even to a mindful practice. I turn it into how can I really be present? Even if I slow down, take the curves, I, I, I smooth out the car. I play a new game with myself in a way. Like how can I be masterful over this machine? It's kind of like avatar. Um, you know, the, the way I usually drive a car is I, I jump on it like a cowboy and I just kick it in the ass and we go, right? Whereas an avatar, what do they do? But they, they take their ponytails and they plug it into the beast and now they're like one with the animal. You know, so when I'm, when I'm, when I'm in the creator mode, I'm, I'm operating more like I'm plugging into the car and I'm feeling the car. I'm, I'm, I'm one with the car. You could say at a, at a deeper level. I'm, that's also attuned to my wife. So my awareness takes in my wife's experience. It takes in my experience. It takes in the car. It takes in the road. So if anything, like I'm expanding my capacity to hold life when I'm, when I'm in this practice and I don't always do this. And I certainly don't do it when I first get into a car. It's usually triggered by my wife saying something. It's like, yeah. don't do this on a solo ride. Well, you can practice on a solar ride, but I, I don't, yeah, I yeah. just want to drive fast. I want to, I want to drive the way I want to drive. And I, again, I want to slap the car in the ass and let's go because <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. You know? Anyway, that, that works for me. Um, but I, the key takeaway is I'm stepping into creator. I being in the victim mindset doesn't serve me. I don't enjoy it. It doesn't feel good. And it doesn't serve my wife. It doesn't serve anybody. So how can I switch from from being the victim to what's happening to, to being a co-creator with what's happening. I like that. The co-creator. Um, you had a post recently where you said you, it, the importance of choosing what's good for we, not me along those lines. Um, and it just points to what you just said about being the co-creator in what we have. Yeah. And yeah, well, that's, you challenged me. This is great. I'm glad. Well, I mean, this is a question. This is another way of framing that question is, 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 and I'll, I'll give this question to couples often is, or even to men individually, what would serve we? Well, yeah, that's how you phrased it. Yeah. What would serve we? Not, not, not what would just serve her, but yeah. not me. And also not what would serve me, but not her. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, the existential question. That's the, that's the, you know, that's the question that supports partners, true partnership and relationship is what? would serve we. We includes her. It also includes me. And and that's a, again, that's a razor's edge to walk because I know, you know, we choose partners that are very different from us. You know, we don't choose our, this, we don't choose ourselves. I, I would hate living with me yeah. as a, as an intimate as an, partner. Yeah, as a partner. Yeah. You know? So anyway, it's a, I, I think relationship is, is such a profound container for our growth. It's a spiritual a spiritual path being in relationship because it, it, it forces us if, I mean, it doesn't, well, it forces, it forces us to confront the limitations of our capacity to love. And many of us turn away from that, those confrontations and we just go where, where life is easier, but, but not as alive. Not as alive. And you point to that in your first book, tell the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Tell the truth and let the peace P E A C E fall where it may. Yeah. So good. Um, man, you've challenged me. I know you've challenged the guys listening to this right now, but I have a question for you, Brian, because it sounds like you're a very thoughtful guy, like very intentional about where you put your energy. 
for you as a man right now, what is one area of growth, personal growth that you're excited about or you're diving into? Oh, you know, Cam, I have spent most of my life, uh, what I call living in the longing, living in the longing, always wanting something else, something more than what I have, whether it was wanting, you know, to make more money, wanting to grow a business, wanting to, to, to be a coach or have more clients, uh, to, I don't know, on and on to have the woman that I'm looking for the dog, whatever living in the longing. Well, I've, I've reached a place, you know, a couple of years ago, it, it occurred to me, holy, holy moly, I got everything hmm. essentially. I mean, I, I have achieved the dream. Whoa. Now what? How do I just be with it? Because what, what, what also started to happen was my, my wife could feel my restlessness mm-hmm. or, you know, dare I say the onset of boredom, right? Like I've climbed the mountain, you know, men, men climb, mostly men like to climb mountains like Mount Everest, you know, we'll spend months, months from the day we leave our doorstep to even have the possibility of summiting Everest, right? That takes months. But how many minutes do they get on top of the summit? 15? Yeah. Not many. I don't exactly know, but it ain't many. You know, maybe 15, 20 minutes before they got to start coming down. Right. And probably thank God for it. Because if we climb that summit and then we just had to hang out there for years. You'd die. We'd die. Eventually be like, okay, what's next? What's the next adventure? Right. Well, I think for a lot of men, we, we, especially if you have, you have, children, you have the, the family, you have a home, you've got work, you know, men that are at, are at that certain stage. I think one of our greatest challenges, and it is mine. I mean, this is the practice that I'm in is, is just leaning into enjoying what I have, mm-hmm. being with what is, embracing the mundane, the, the boring, the, the routine. Um, that's, a, that's a real edgy practice for me personally, because I've spent most of my life doing the exact opposite. And I appreciate you being vulnerable and open and sharing that. And you've challenged me now as a guy, I'm not quite where you're at. You know, I'm, I'm 42, just about 43 thinking about fatherhood. And am I longing right now in my life? Or am I being present and intentional with where, where I'm at? So thank you for sharing, yeah. Brian, man. I've, I've loved this conversation. Uh, thanks for taking this time, Brian. If someone listening to this is like, I got to connect with this guy, where can they find uh, more information about you, information about your two books, about your Men This Way podcast? Like, where can they find all that yeah. info? So, my website, Brian Reeves, is Brian with a Y, B R Y A N Reeves.com. Uh, pretty much, you can find everything there. I, I'm, I, I've got two things for men, uh, two programs. One is a year long coaching program for a s- small group of men. We go through a whole year of life together. Mm-hmm. It's really profound. We, we do an in-person retreat. I, uh, we'll be launching that pretty soon. It's called Elevate to 2024. Uh, talk to me about that. Or if you know men, you're in a struggling relationship, I have a, a program where you work with me directly called Elevate Your Relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, it's, it's game-changing for men. I'm all about helping men feel enlivened in their lives and enlivened in their relationships, helping men feel free again in their, or maybe for the first time in their relationships. You know, 
uh, freedom is is the great masculine value, and a lot of men lose their their experience of freedom if they ever had it, uh, but in relationship. And so I, I love helping men find their way to to freedom, even inside the bonds of relationship. So you can talk to me about either of those. And Cam, I just want to check in with you because you asked a question that we didn't get to. I wonder, mm. do you, yeah. do you want to revisit that really quick before we end? Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was thinking about when you <coughs> share your story about like you loved the, per, the woman you were with, but you found oh, yes. that you weren't choosing her. Yes. Maybe take, yeah, before we close yeah. off here, take a few moments and, and give us some uh, insight into what is the difference between mm-hmm. being in love with someone and actively choosing them. In my uh, book, Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, there's uh, a chapter in which I um, elucidate what what I learned from a woman uh, called Dr. Pat Allen. She called it the three C's of relationship. And those three C's very quickly are chemistry, uh, chemistry, compatibility, and communication. Hmm. Chemistry, compatibility, and communication. What I had with my partner of five years was we had intense chemistry, but we weren't really compatible in some fundamental ways. And our communication was shit. So we had one of the three C's of relationship, which meant we had, we had chaos, right? So I did love her. I mean, as best as I could love anyone in my thirties and we had chemistry off the charts, but where, what a lot of couples overlook, you know, they, when we don't have a, have a, conception of what what makes for a successful relationship a healthy relationship we're again we're winging it we're just winging it you know we don't we don't we don't have frameworks or or distinctions or insights or we don't even know about boundaries what are those um but these three c's were really helpful they really illuminated for me that you know in retrospect what i realized when i had great chemistry with her even if we'd have had great communication, but not really compatibility, by which I mean our lifestyles, the things we, our, our visions for our lives weren't compatible. You know, at that point, especially at that point, I was in my early 30s and, and I needed to adventure, man. I needed to still go out into the world. I was still trying to find myself, trying to figure out who I am, what's my work in the world, you know, what's this all about? How do I, again, how do I enliven myself? I needed to go out, out, out. And she was ready to just, build a family, you know, root. She didn't want to do any of that adventuring stuff. She was done. She she was like also 30 and she's like done. So we, we didn't, we weren't compatible in our visions, right? So we would have made for great lovers, but we were lovers trying to create a sustainable relationship, but on a foundation of incompatibility. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was was a disaster for five years. Is that helpful? Does that absolutely give some insight into yeah, absolutely. Uh, I highly encourage you. If you have not looked already right after this episode, you're going to go to brianreeves.com. You're going to find the books. You're going to get those books. You're going to listen to the podcast. Brian, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Wish you all the best, man. I've enjoyed this immensely, Cam. Thank you, man. Great questions and uh, you're a great host. Thank you, brother. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. 
And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now, who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind, a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.